Hey there, beautiful souls. I'm Colleen Lockoff. And I'm Meredith Lockoff. And welcome to Spiritual Sisters with Sass, the podcast where two sisters with a passion for spirituality and a touch of sass come together to explore the exciting world of self-improvement. That's right, Colleen. We embarked on this incredible journey together, diving into different self-improvement techniques, yoga practices, and a whole array of life experiences. Yeah, and through it all, we've managed to create lives that are abundant, happy and constantly evolving. It's been a wild ride, hasn't it, Meredy? You bet, sis. We've got two very different perspectives on life, but that's what makes this podcast so special. I'm all about diving in head first into life's adventures and embracing every challenge with a bit of sass. Well, Colleen here, she's got her own unique approach. Yep, that's me. And I'm all about the yoga, mindfulness, and finding my zen. And together we make the perfect balance. So whether you're looking for some wisdom, a few laughs, or just some heartfelt stories, you're in the right place. We're here to share our personal experiences and insights with you, all while exploring the wild and diverse world of self-improvement. Grab your headphones and get ready for a fantastic journey with us. Spiritual Sisters with Sass is here to uplift, inspire, and keep it real. Thanks for tuning in, lovely listeners. Let's dive in spirit and sass. Here we go. Okay. All right, everyone, welcome to today's podcast. I have a guest today. Lynn is busy doing another teacher training, and I have an incredibly beautiful guest with me named Eve. Eve is a nutritional coach. Um, she's also a personal trainer. And today we're going to talk to you guys about hormone health. So this podcast, I'm going to say, is more for women than it is for men. Um, we're going to talk about menstrual cycles. So men, if you're on here and you want to hear, you're welcome to stay. But I'm going to tell you that today is probably not the day that you're going to want to have this unless you're willing to listen to help your wife. I'm actually going to sidebar that. Yes. If you're a man and you're interested in this, I would recommend that you get a little bit familiar with what happens with your partner's uh, cycle because yes. it does dictate her mood. It dictates her energy levels. Yes. We are not small men. We have different requirements throughout the month. So yes. the more familiar you are with that, the easier both of your guys' cohesive relationship yes. is probably going to be. Yes. So I will give you guys a little bit more background on me. My name is Eve. Um, I'm a traditional coach. I've been working in the industry for about eight years. Um, I really focused my my full intent around hormone health for the past six. Uh, so I work with a lot of perimenopause, menopause, just women that are trying to attain health goals throughout the year. And then I'm also certified as a pre and postnatal personal trainer. So kind of the health and wellness that goes along with um, right from getting pregnant, you know, what kind of foods we need to incorporate, how we need to move our bodies right through uh, first, second and third trimester, and then, and then post-pregnancy, what the recovery of that looks like. So those are sort of my areas of specialty. So I wanted to come on here and talk with you guys a little bit about all of that. The other piece that plays into all of this is I used to really struggle with disordered eating. So Mary and I will probably go down. To, that yes. We're going to dig into some stuff with Eve here. So 
let's start the podcast by talking about the average woman and their calorie intake is the first thing I want to talk about because yeah. that's going to lead us into our disordered eating conversation. And then we'll probably finish out the podcast with some um, information about um, the proper foods, the proper macros, meaning pro um, proteins, carbs, and fat, what that looks like in a diet, um, as well as we'll finish it out with some easy ways to figure out if you're eating enough food, if you're not into tracking your food. Yeah. So let's start with someone like me who started my whole process thinking that I was eating more than enough food, thinking that I was healthy and felt great. And after getting so used to being in that place, because I also have disordered eating, my disordered eating was around the fact that when I was a kid, we, we grew up broke. We yeah. had no money. Yeah. And when we had an abundance of food, the abundance of food was having Mr. Noodles in the house. Yeah. Okay. So we would eat Mr. Noodles for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. When dad needed a car part, we would eat pancakes for a week for yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and at the point, at that point, even craft dinner was too expensive for us. Yeah. And so we didn't, and, and our eating was very, like the timing of our eating was terrible because both of our parents were entrepreneurs. So we would eat at nine o'clock at night. Um, my sister and I would come home from school and start eating at three o'clock in the afternoon. And then when I started working with some people about my eating, I realized, wow, starting eating at 3 p.m. is not a good thing. No. And then tracking and realizing that I'm eating less than, I'm eating anywhere between 900 and 1100 calories in a day. When even I started talking, how old would you be if you're eating 1100? Oh, like eight to 10. You're a child. That's enough for a child. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I want to rewind that a little bit. Most women tend to under eat, but you said a lot of really valuable information there. We all have a very individual relationship to food. It's yeah. not something that's talked about in our culture, um, but food, we are raised around it. We all, you know, some of us uh, came from a place of not having a lot. Yeah. Some of us came from a place of having an abundance. Uh, some of us came from households where it was like, you have to finish absolutely everything, everything on your plate. plate. I don't yeah. care if you're full, right? We So we all have naturally um, created a relationship with food that we may or may not be aware of. Yes. So it's totally something that's worth looking at because it is such an important role in your overall health. I mean, yes. let's be real. We're we're eating two, three, four, five, six meals a day. Yeah. Every day of the year, you might want to get comfortable in what that means for you and yeah. how that feels. Yes. For some people, food can cause a lot of anxiety. You know, a lot of us have a lot of triggers around food. It can be certain foods. It can be triggering and feeling like, oh my gosh, if I eat this, I'm going to gain weight. If I eat this, I'm not going to feel good. And obviously we want to gear you towards foods that are going to make you feel good. But I would really encourage the listeners to take a look at what your relationship is to food. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling like there's a stick point there, like yes. if there's something that doesn't feel good, yes. you know, where you get that feeling, right? Resistance is yeah. what I call oh, it. That yeah. resistance. I would really encourage your listeners to just take a look at that. So it showed up for you in the amount of calories that you intake. Yeah. Across the board, most women tend to live in a, in a pretty deep deficit. So when I say deficit, essentially you're not eating an adequate amount of calories to sustain your body. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite common. So yours came from a place of childhood trauma. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we've got that understanding where it comes from. So now how do we move through it? Yes. So the first piece is education. How much am I actually supposed to be eating? Yes. So, you know, just talking to Mayor, I understand kind of what her lifestyle looks like. I understand what her overall health is. You know, she needs to probably be around at least 2000 calories a day. And so before we get too far into that, one of the things that people will look up is 
your base metabolic rate and your base metabolic rate means what it takes for you to stay alive. Yeah. We're not talking optimal health. No, we're talking about survival. Yes. And now mine, if you put it into the various ones on the internet Google this stuff and you put it in, it says I should be around 1800 calories, but then you need to or add to that, the different contributions that I put in that. Yeah. So I'm a super active person. I don't, I mean, I have a sitting job, but I also move around a lot. I go to the gym five days a week and yeah. those are pretty active workouts. Yeah. Um, what other contributions should we be considering when we're looking at the types of foods that we're eating and the amount of food that we're eating? So we want to look at age. We want to look at gender. We're going to dig more into the hormone support piece of that. So age, gender, activity level, um, overall health. Do you have any health concerns? Do we have something that we need to make sure that we're really feeding? So when we're not well, we often actually need to eat more calories because our body is not only keeping us alive, it's also fighting something else. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that play just for you guys listening. Everything that I'm going to talk about today is broad spectrum, but nutrition really is one fits one. Yes. So right now we're talking about mare, you know, she probably needs to be around at least 2000 calories. So she said it great. We're talking about staying alive. We're not talking about optimal. Yes. So when we're looking at optimal health, how is your mood? How's your sleep? How's your menstrual cycle? How's your brain power? Do you have brain fog? You know, how do you feel? Most of us get so used to feeling shitty. We forget what it feels like to feel good. Literally that was me. Yeah. I just would. And I would now I want you guys to ask yourself this as well, because for me, this was a major major thing in my life was the fact that I would come home and my children would be at home after I got off work and I hadn't eaten all day and I would walk in the door ready to kill somebody. Yeah. It just, I, and then they would be there and I'd be ready to rage on them and they didn't necessarily need to do anything. Yeah. And that was, I was, I was hangry. Yeah. I didn't know it, but I was hangry. And now that I eat more foods and I'm eating like six or seven meals a day, yeah. part of what I've noticed is when I get hungry, I get frustrated. I'm easily triggered by things. I'm far from at my best. Yeah. And when it came to my sleep, we, we discussed this when it came to my sleep, I said, Oh, well, I slept great. Except that I woke up every night in the middle of the night hungry. And so I would eat peanut butter bread, which it sustained me. It put my, my um, nervous system back to enough to relax for me to sleep, but it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. I did do it for 15 years, but that doesn't mean that it was healthy. Now that I'm eating enough food during the day, I don't wake up in the middle of the night hungry ever. Yeah. Well, and not only waking up hungry, but just waking up, if your body is signaling you that your nervous system is dysregulating, a lot of the times it has to do with that. We're not ingesting enough calories throughout the day to be able to go to rest and digest essentially. So when we're sleeping, our body's still doing all kinds of amazing things, right? It's healing from the day. That's why we sleep. Yeah. Uh, and your body needs calories in order to do that. So one of the things I hear so much is like, well, I don't want to eat past 7 p.m. Can we just please blow that up and get rid of that myth? Because a banana that was 200 calories at 9 a.m. is still 200 calories at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change. Mm -hmm. It is not now more miraculously, you know, there, there's a whole misnomer around like if you eat right before bed, you're not going to burn the calories. It's not at all true. It's when we go into so many more calories than we're capable of burning yes. that that becomes a slippery slope. Yes. And that for me has definitely been a thing. So with my coach, when I spoke to him and he was like, I need you to increase your calories. One of the things I was like, okay, so, and we talked about like, well, maybe watch when you're eating. Like I, if you're going to bed at 10 PM, I don't want you eating maybe past eight. And then I said, okay, well, what's more important to you, me hitting my calories or me not eating past eight. And he was like, hitting your forget calories. that I said anything about yeah. 8 PM and just get your shit done. And I was like, all right, 
And for some people, you know, some people it causes disrupt. Some people get crazy dreams if they eat. Yes. So again, one fits one, but let's just take away this whole, if I eat before bed, I'm going to gain mass amount of weight. If you're, if you're not eating enough and that's when you can, you know, have your protein shake or have the thing that, that fuels your body, give her. Yes. You're going to have more benefits than you are going to have negatives from that. It's really, really important. So, you know, a lot of us, predominantly women tend to undereat, And we undereat because one, we think we're getting enough. And yeah. two, because what if I get fat? Well, we both come from a generation where it was crammed down our throats that you have to do more activity and you have to eat less food. And you're supposed to look a certain way. And that's the other thing that we're here to talk about is the fact that like, for example, I am five foot six and I am 130 pounds and I'm not a big girl. It would take probably some steroids to get me to be a pretty big girl. Yeah. I will never have the muscle mass that Eve has. Eve is incredible. I'm not saying she's not. She has an incredible and a beautiful body and I would give anything to have her butt. (laughs) But my body is not built like Eve's body. She has significantly more muscle mass than I have. Her legs are larger than mine. Her arms, you guys, like she is a babe. But what I'm saying is for me to be like that, it's not even a real reality. So stop looking at other women and saying, I want to look like that because you need to find someone who looks like you if you want to look like someone. And instead of comparing, I would just say, just find a way to be happy with the way you look. And I'm going to take that a step further and stop comparing yourself to past versions of yourself because man, the amount of women that I work with that are like, oh, I want to look like I did 10 years ago or whatever. Your body is not as, it's not a snapshot in time. It is going to change. It's going to evolve. Like, you know, it's just the reality of it And, and get really clear in your goals. Like yeah, I got a big muscly butt. I had to eat for that thing. Yeah. I had to work for it. Yes. Right? Like you have to be, be willing to get into the uncomfortable to reach your goals sometimes. And so I'm going to dig into Eve here first. Ooh. I'm going to ask you permission. Are you open to me digging into you Never. and your eating, your disordered eating? Absolutely. Okay. So prior to putting on the muscle that you have put on yeah. and prior to being so comfortable in your body, what did that look like? And what did your disordered eating look like? Because we've discussed what mine looked like. Where did yeah. you come from? What did it look like? Well, and it's funny because it's probably right when you and I met and you may not remember this version of me as well, but um, I think, you know, you can probably attest to the fact that I've put on a significant amount of muscle in the yeah. last six years ish. Yeah. And it's taken a lot of work. That's something I've been conscious about. Uh, Prior to that, my disordered eating came from an extremely unhealthy relationship with my body. Um, I was sexually assaulted at a young age and I had been taught that my value was in how I looked. Yes. Not by my parents, not, but that was what I associated with, with my value. Yes. And I know you and I have talked about this, but when people are like, oh, you're so pretty that's lovely. It is the least interesting thing about me. Yes. There's so much more yeah. to me than but the way that for I a long time, my value, I felt the value that I offered to the outside world was based on my physical appearance. Yeah. So that became very, very restrictive. I feel like also in those times though, and it's evolved from then because it's, yeah. it's more stylish for us to be more muscly now. Yes. That's but I true. feel like back then when we met, there was that piece no. of you had to be so skinny and scrawny and yeah, we know like the, and... the Kate was a Kate Moss or whatever. Oh yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> the low rise jeans and the and the, I'm not built like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm built like a rugby player. Yeah. My dad's a rugby player. Like I'm muscly. And yes. I I like that about myself. I'm comfortable with that. Yes. But at that 
time in my life. Um, so I was rounding the kind of the end of my 20s. I will be honest through my 20s. I see a lot of these, and this is very candid, but I see a lot of these women that are like in their 20s and they're, you know, fitness influencers. I'm like, I could legit eat candy bars and drink whiskey all day uh -huh. and I still would have looked freaking awesome. And I've even had two kids at that point. I could right? still look fantastic. Like, good. So as I was kind of ending that, you know, my hormones were shifting and, and my body was shifting and I was noticing that I, that my, my physical appearance was shifting and I got really, really restrictive around eating. So this was right when I started in the gym. I didn't start working it out until I was almost 30. Yep. Um, I started in the gym and I got really hyper-focused on calorie intake. I wasn't tracking, but I, and I didn't understand the healthy way to do this. And so I got so restrictive. Like I wouldn't put milk in my coffee because it would add too many calories. I ate vegetables. Just an FYI, if you use the 10% uh, table cream, it's like 60 calories at the most to add and make your cream or make your coffee turn white. Yeah. And even to that, she was conscious of that much. Oh, it was, an, it was a no. It was a hard no. I ate like, like when we talk about like clean eating, it was like all vegetables and protein. And my, I got so lean that I had visible abs. I completely lost my menstrual cycle for an entire year. You know, as a woman that your body fat is significantly too low. If you lose your, if you, if your, if your period disappears, you do not have enough body fat. And the reason your period disappears is because you cannot support having a um, baby growing in your belly. Well, and it's really interesting because I look at photos of myself from that time and yeah, I was lean, but I didn't have any muscle. Like I didn't look the way that how I feel comfortable in my skin or the way that we thought we looked in the time. Yeah. So I really struggled with this for probably two years. I up and down and it took me a lot of work and a lot of knowledge and understanding. So, you know, I got into doing this as a job because I was like, I want to help women not do that and still be able to achieve their goals. This is a thing. We don't have to starve ourselves to achieve mm -hmm. our goals. Yes. Like we do not have to, you know, I still have um well I'm not gonna say visible abs but like no I do I'm I do you have I, lines to go on <laughs> and I eat like and I tell eat. us how many calories you eat yeah I'm like 2500 to 2700 a day I mean I don't track so it's like it's around yep. that yep. but like I eat there's yep. no shortage of food in my life and yeah I move my body but I'm not overly you know like I have a dog so I walk and I go to the gym but I I used to have a very physical job I don't have that anymore I work yep. for my computer so um, but body composition wise, my, I, for me, for the body composition that I like, I would say is more online, but through that time and through struggling with disordered eating, when I realized that I needed help around it, it wasn't there. Yeah. There was not a lot of resources for me to go to where people understood what that meant. And that it wasn't a people just cutter. went, we'll just eat more. Yes. You know, okay. So you put a big plate of food in me and I have this giant pit of anxiety in my stomach because I'm like, if I eat this, I'm going to gain weight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to reach my goals. So it took a lot of work and a lot of knowledge and a lot of sharing and a lot of talking with other women and understanding yes. their experiences to move through that. And then I went kind of the opposite end of it and got really educated on what disordered looks like 
uh, what it looks like for different people. A lot of the causes, a lot of the background, like, you know, you were talking about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Mine came I was also from a childhood trauma where I equated my value to basically how thin I could be. Yep. Not how healthy I can be. Yes. I want to be healthy. Yeah. And the reality of it is, you know, when we talk about going to the gym, we talk about um, all of those things. The, the end of the day, the physical is just the byproduct. Yes. Yes. Because really, especially we've talked about this many times, that one of the main reasons that I go to the gym is because if I don't, my mental health suffers. Yeah, me too. I want to punch people. So I literally have a sign that says I go to the gym because punching people is frowned upon. Yeah. Like I need the gym for my mental well-being. That being said, going to the gym is hard. It's not easy. It's and and people ask me all the time, I don't know how you how you motivate yourself. Like last night I had a terrible night's sleep and yet today was one of my harder workouts. I don't motivate myself. No. I rely on discipline. I rely on consistent solid steps that I take every single day that make it so that I can do what I need to do when I need to do them, not when I want to do them. Because trust me, at least 3 days of the week, I don't want to go to the gym. See, and I'm different. I actually really enjoy going to the gym. It doesn't, I don't have that push of struggle. Food was oh, for a long time, the harder piece for me. Uh, but people ask me too, how do I stay motivated? And it does have ups and downs, but most of the time I enjoy going to the gym. Motivation is bullshit. Yeah. Motivation is an emotion. Yes. You are not comes, always happy. You are not always sad. Yep. You are not always angry. You are not always motivated. Yes. And when you have it, fucking grind. Yes. Go for it. Yes. Push into it. Because those are the times where it's going to allow you to build that habit. Yes. And then it becomes a habit. And I then it's like, beautiful. I feel like I've heard this saying something about um, 80% of the workouts you're going to have are going to be okay. Yeah. 10 or 15%. No, 10% of the workouts you're going to have are going to be shit. And the other 10% of the workouts you're going to have are going to be killer. So take the 80% and run with it. Yeah. Because that's where the change happens. Yes. But it's the same with the nutrition. I mean, we put so much focus on physical movement and it has huge benefits. I mean, there's huge benefits on bone density, mental health, cardiovascular system, muscle mass. There's all of these studies now that are coming out that are showing that people who have increased muscle mass on their body, their chances of surviving cancer goes up 80%. Huge. My girlfriend, my girlfriend who has ALS and we did a podcast on her. If she had not had the muscle mass that she had, if she was built like me, she would have been wiped out significantly yeah. faster. So definitely. Also, this comes down to choose your heart because being fat is hard. Yeah. Being fit is hard. My main, like I've been in the gym for 18 years, but I didn't decide to hire a coach. Now you guys listen to this part. I didn't decide to hire a coach until six months ago. Yeah. And the reason I chose to hire a coach is because I have pr- had chronic pain for 27 years. Yeah, And I decided... If I've had chronic pain for this long and I feel the way I do at 43 years old, when am I going to do something? What am I going to do in six, when I'm 60, I'm going to be stuck on my couch. I'm going to be in agony. I'm not going to be able to stand up. Like I see some of these older people and it just is like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be 60 years old. And if I have grandkids, I want to be chasing after them. And if not, I want to still be hanging out with my 40 year old kids who are running around doing all the things that I'm doing now. I want to be active. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. I want to feel good. And the body composition is the beautiful byproduct of all of those things. So I work with a lot of people and body composition is almost never a big enough driver. It's just not because when it gets hard, when it gets really hard, most of us can just kind of give up on that. But when you go like, I don't want to be in pain. 
That's yes, a good driver. It is. I want to be able to chase my grandkids around. That's a good driver. Yes. Those are the things that are going to kind yes. of help you get going. And from an, from a person who also has been stuck on the couch, I literally used to get headaches. Yeah, so much. So many headaches. So many goddamn headaches. And I suffered all the time. And so there definitely would come a lack of motivation. Yeah. But one of the things that you'll hear constantly is people will say, but I'm in so much pain. I don't want to. Well, you start slow. And literally my coach started me so slow that he slowed down my workouts. Like I was, yeah. I was already fit, but I wasn't, I was in agony. And he was like, we're going to slow this down. And that was probably one of the hardest things ever was to have my workouts slowed down. And then within two months of being and seeing him, suddenly I'm not in pain anymore. That was a game changer for me. You want to know one of the most common things I hear with people when, you know, I'm, whether I'm helping them get kind of their nutrition on point or I'm helping them get into the gym is they're like, but I'm not in the shape I want to be in to go do that. And it's like, well, how in the fuck are you going to get, get there? <laughs> you yes. got to do the things. Yes. So I'm not comfortable because I don't know what I'm doing in yeah. the gym, but you know what? Also vouch for me on this one. Cause I feel when I see someone who is in the gym, trying to do the things to get themselves to the place that they feel comfortable. I'm like, fuck yeah, you go girl. Okay. I know. Look at that guy. He's killing it right yeah. now. Not, oh, look at the fat guy. No, like, that is such a misnomer about really gyms. Is. Gyms it are really like is. one of the most like open minded, uh, helpful, supportive yes. places. Yes. When someone sees you struggling and you're in there doing it anyway, they're like, you're doing the work and they want to come over and compliment you. We, I have a friend um, who he literally used to be fat guy chronicles on Instagram. He is now fit guy chronicles 190, I think is what Love it is. That. And he only had to change one letter, but he had to change a lot of things in his life. Yeah. And yes, he says it's hard. It is incredibly hard, but his life is significantly easier yeah. because of being fit. And he has way more friends now because of the community he's built at this gym. Yeah. Community so is huge. It is. And we need it. We need community. As we people. do big time. So, you know, there's a lot of good reasons to move your body, but when we're looking at, so we, we were talking about disordered eating when we're looking yes. at nutrition, you know, we were talking about Mare, she under eight due to childhood trauma. I under eight due to trauma that then uh, morphed into some real fucked up, excuse my language, yes. body image stuff. Yes. Um, and I, like I said, I really struggled for a long time. It took me almost three years to completely regulate my menstruals. Like a lot of the people don't know this about me. I'm, I have hypothyroid. Yes. Um, so I actually have, uh, like a tumor that's growing on my thyroid. It's non-cancerous. They can't remove it because they would have to remove the whole gland, but therefore I don't produce enough of the hormone. Yes. Um, which in turn can make it very easy for me to gain weight if I'm not doing the things. Yes. Right. So these were all kind of intertwined, but you know, what made that flare up was me under eating so chronically for so long. Yeah. So because it's an autoimmune, my body was attacking itself because yeah. it was just in constant fight or flight starvation. Holy shit. We're going down. Mold. Yes. So, you know, I essentially totally fucked up my own body. Yeah. And I've spent years recovering and I've spent years doing the things that I've needed to do to get where I'm at now. And that's why it's a huge passion of mine to educate other women so that A, they don't do all the stupid shit that I did, <laughs> or B, if they have done it, that's okay. That we can pull you up. It's that. okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's not, it's not, you know, it's never going to happen. It, it It's totally doable. Yeah. It's totally doable. And so let's get into that. How, and what are some of the foods that are going to support our our periods okay what are some of the um like give us some symptoms for example yeah. of your hormones and how you can tell 
a little bit just off yeah. off of that. So let's just look at the overview first. So Mare, you know, was chronically under eating. I was chronically under eating. Whenever we're talking about calories, we're going to talk about the three macronutrients. So proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Absolutely everything you eat is made up of either one of these things or a combination of two or all three. Yeah. So for example, a chicken breast, predominantly protein, negligible amount of fat. Uh, slice of bread probably 100% carbohydrate, unless it might have a, a little bit of fat in there. Or if it's like Ezekiel bread, it might have a bit of protein, just to give you guys some examples. Yeah. Um, so we need to make sure that we're eating an adequate amount of all three of those things. Protein is going to help with um, its muscle mass, tissue, uh, tissue growth, hair, nail, skin, all of those things are created through protein. So making sure you're consuming enough, super important. Women especially tend to not consume enough. Yes. And like, let's be real. None of us are like, I'm really craving a chicken breast. It's like, I'm really <laughs> craving a bag of chips. <laughs> but yes. so, you know, making sure that you're having that carbohydrates, your main source of energy, and then fats are your main supporter of your hormones and brain function. So some signs and symptoms of not eating enough. So when we're looking at hormone function, if you are having very irregular cycle. So when I say irregular, I don't necessarily mean outside of that 28 to 32 days. I mean, like, are you having extreme cramping? Are you bleeding so much that it is like, I can't leave the house? Are you feeling absolutely irritable and completely can't move through it? You know, you're going to get your period once a month. Yep for you know a, a good portion of your life we want to make sure that you're navigating it so that it is as least intrusive as possible yeah. like we don't want that fucker to be taking you down for a whole week each month and there's people on here listening going oh my god but it does like so that's a lot listening. of your life it is it's not a small no that's a quarter right? of your month which right at the end that's 12 of your weeks yeah out of 52 it's that's a lot yeah, it's a lot. It is, you know, and then you got another week to recover and then, you know, you're going, you're ovulating. Some women really feel the symptoms of that. Yeah. Okay. So a regular hormone cycle, making sure that you're eating enough fats. Mary and I both come from a generation where we were told fats will make you fat. Yeah. It is such bullshit. I mean, it depends on the fats. So that's the other piece of it. it if will. you're going to go to McDonald's and eat those fats, those are not healthy fats. So, but that's also because fats are high in calories. So, you know, if you look at eating a pear, so it's like the size of the palm of your hand versus a palm of your hands of a handful of cashews, that handful of cashews is going to have a lot more calories. That mm -hmm. is more calorie dense, right? Yes. Okay. So that's kind of where that it's easier to overeat it. Yes. But a lot of us don't eat enough of it. So when we're talking about fats, I'm going to make it super Simple, think about naturally derived fats. So olive oil, coconut oil, um, avocados, nuts, seeds, um, you know, yogurt that has a bit of fat in it. And then some animal fats. We don't want to be eating excessive amounts of like bacon and ground beef and stuff. Yes. But absolutely we want it in our diet, yes. especially as women, because most of us are iron deficient. Yes. So having red meat in your diet, salmon, things like that, all of those are naturally derived. The fats that we want to have sometimes, because I I don't believe in good food or bad food. I believe in food that we should have most of the time. And then sometimes we have the other stuff. Like I would say I eat about 70% good and 30% shit because that's maintainable for me. Yes. So when we're talking about supporting our hormones, making sure that we're eating enough healthy fats. So if we're looking at gram wise, 
you know, again, this is not like I do nutrition once fits one, but across the board, we want to be around at least 65 grams a day. That's your lowest. That's your lowest for healthy day-to-day function. And that would be probably someone like my height, my weight yeah. as a minimum. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want 65 grams for someone who's five, six, 130 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, when I'm working with athletes, if they're going into, um, a deficit. So they want to, they, they need to lean out for a purpose. We can pull you lower, but I have symptoms that I'll watch for. Mm-hmm. And if it's like something starts to dis- dysregulate, I know, and we're increasing that right away. Cause yeah. I am not going to risk messing up your ability to have children in five years. Yes. And that's something we see a lot in fi- like Mary and I have both been going to the gym for, oh, I've been going to the gym for about eight years. I've been going for about 18. And how many women have you seen where they go like, Oh shit. Yeah. I starved myself for 15 years and now Now I'm having trouble getting pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Scary. Yeah. Scary. So when we're talking about overall hormone health, eating enough and also making sure you're eating enough healthy fats. Yes. Very important. Yes. If you're comfortable to track, it's a really great way to just get an idea of where you are. There's a free app called my fitness pal. It's a bit of a pain in the ass used for the first few times, but most of us are creature of habit. Mm-hmm. We eat the same thing day yep. in, day out. So once you have your food in there, it's pretty easy. Yeah. If that's triggering for you, for me, it can be very triggering because I've struggled with disordered eating. I can feel obsessive around it. Yes. So I don't track anymore. I have in my life, I have a very solid idea of what I need. Um, every once in a while, I might check in just to make sure, yep. but it's not something. And when I work with clients, it's the same thing. I'm like, I want you to do this because I want you to learn. And then I want you to let it go. Yeah. Because you want to be tracking when you're 80? No, I don't. Not even a little bit. No. Not even a little bit. You know, and the other thing that I see is is in working with people is is we have a tendency as we start to see results to get hyper focused. Yeah. Like, you know, we've got Christmas coming up. I'm telling all of my clients, don't you dare track on Christmas. Yes. You live in the moment, you be present with your family, you eat the food you want to eat. It is not going to make a difference. Yes. The time between Christmas and New Year's doesn't well, count. The and- time between New Year's and Christmas, that's where you're going to see change. Yes. Right. Yes. That week, give her, enjoy yeah. your life. Yeah. Be with the ones you love. And can we also just talk about the fact that 3,500 calories will put on one pound of fat ish. Yeah. It, that's, it's, that's such a hard one for me to break down because it's so person dependent. I mean, yes. But when we're talking about like overeating, yeah. You need to eat in order to put on like people, some people, yeah, you can put on extra, you can put on, you can put on a couple pounds over this period of time, but a lot of that's going to be water because you're taking in more sugar and more salt inflammation, inflammation. Like there's significant yeah. things that are factors in this. You're not putting on fat yeah. and you're not putting in five pounds of fat in a couple of days. And don't step on the scale on, no, on January 1st. Crap. Don't do that to no, yourself. No, I, just get rid of that thing. The yeah. piece of plastic that lives on your bathroom floor. If it's dictating your mood, chuck it out. Yeah. It should not control anything in your life. Um, Inflammation. That's huge. You had, you know, I, I can vary depending on where I am in my cycle, depending on the foods that I've eaten, my weight can fluctuate five pounds. Oh, easily for me. So when we talk about inflammation, I just want to kind of go through this. A lot of the times we think about being able to see inflammation. We have so much internal inflammation that occurs that you cannot see. Yeah. Um, And I do love that this is becoming more apparent. Uh, I don't do a lot of social media stuff, but I see it every once in a while where a woman will like, she'll pose sideways. And it's like, this is her body throughout the month and how much her, um, the, the area just under her belly button changes because we have a uterus. Yes. Like women, you have a uterus. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to yeah. look like if you have abs, like a man, there are some women who can pull that off. 
Yeah. Most women's bodies won't allow for that. Yes. We keep a little bit of extra fat there to protect our uterus. So, and so that you can have babies and so children. So you can, and... yes. Like that's your body's function. Yes. And through the month, that will vary. Like yes. I know my own body. Now that being said, also, one of the things a lot of women will complain about is that after children, they have the lower, lower yeah. gut. Now, one of the things that I have learned recently is that the majority of women who have that gut, it's not fat. Mm -mm. It's the fact that you have lost control of your pelvic floor. Yeah. You need to work on your pelvic floor muscles. And I am a prime example of that working with my coach. And now I'm six months into this process with him. And over the last month and a half, I want to say six weeks, finally, I'm able to say, I feel the control that I'm finally getting back. Well, I've been doing these exercises. I've been like, I don't really feel much. And he's no. like, I can tell you're doing them. You're doing them right. Just keep doing them. That's the process. And I'm like, this is a son of a bitch. But now over the last six weeks, I can actually like pull my pelvic floor in and see my stomach come in and I yeah. can see the differences in the thing. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, um, uh, aesthetical way. I'm talking about that in the sense that if you're complaining about having that some people call it a poopa. Some people call it their gun. Yeah. Whatever you call that area that is below your belly button. If you are concerned about that, you should probably be more concerned about your pelvic, lower pelvic floor health because of the fact that as we get older, now you're going to start peeing yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to have all these additional problems that you can avoid yeah. by doing some simple exercises. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at when you move through pregnancy, if you think about your abs being zippered together, that zipper gets pulled apart. Yes. And then your top abs naturally work just by, because they your spinal you movement, your lower abs tend not to be engaged. So you know what, if you guys don't want to look into pelvic floor health and you're like, oh my God, that's all way too complicated. Just, you know, once a day, three, once, you know, do it three times a day, stand straight and think about taking a zipper between your pubic bone and your belly button and zipping it up and just hold it, hold it for 10 seconds. Another simple way to do it when you're taking a pee three times, three different times in the day, start your pee, stop, stop your, your pee. pee, start your pee, yeah. stop your pee, or hold your pee for 10 seconds. Cause that one's a challenge. Yeah. Hold your pee for 10 seconds and then let it go. And the reason there's actually three muscles down there. Yeah. And you can feel your like poop muscle. So you can squeeze that one. You can then you can also squeeze your Kegel muscle, which is yeah. the pee stopping. And then there's your pelvic floor, which lifts it all up. Yeah. So those are major factors as well. Yeah. But those are factors in that area, not in your in your you're, um, hormone you're, health. You're not going to sit up those muscles that away. No. You know, I see. No. This is where we are not men. We are yes. not small men. <laughs> we need different things. Yes. We really do. So when we're looking at the nutrition side of hormones, you know, making sure that you're eating adequate amount of food yes. to support your overall health and then making sure you're eating an adequate amount of healthy fats. Those yes. are going to be huge, 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 huge. If you're really struggling with uh, perimenopause, PCOS, those things, you know, you can do a little more research looking into like seed cycling and things like that. Um, there are tricks for that, but that is so specific to the person that I don't want to go super down that, yes, that yes, yes. rabbit hole. But that being said, um, if you guys are interested at all, um, what is it? Life and yeah, Vine. it's life and vine slash wellness. Lifeandvine.com slash wellness um is how to one of the best ways to get a hold of Eve. She doesn't do a lot of social media stuff. So if you're looking to talk to her about these things, hit her up on her website, send her an email and and have a conversation with her about what that looks like for you. Yeah, you guys emailing me to everiddler.coaching at gmail.com. 
I'm not great on social. It's it's not my jam. I have a I I'm a very private person. Yeah, just how I am. Yes, and the fact that she's on here today, I'm just gonna say thank you well, again. I because... appreciate. It. I'm really passionate about this stuff, and and I think you know when we had talked about talking around disordered eating, it's so important for me to get the message out there that women are not alone in this, yeah. and that you can still accomplish your goals and look fantastic. I, I'm living proof of it. Yeah, I've done it. Yes, and I've worked with a lot of women through the years who have done it. I you know I know being in the fitness industry, there's a lot of cookie cutter diets. Yeah. There's a lot of, Hey, if you go down to 1500 calories, you're going to lose weight. Yeah, you probably are. And you're going to feel like garbage. And when it's all done, you're going to put 25 pounds back on yes. and you're going to feel really, really defeated. That's why they call them yo-yo diets. Yeah. Because what you're trying to find is something sustainable yeah. and not something that is, I'm going to go into this in crazy deficit so that I can bounce back and put yeah. on more weight than I lost in the first place. No, you want to, you want to find something that's going to work for you long-term mm -hmm. and that feels good that mm -hmm. you wake up and you're like, I feel good. This is doable. And you want someone that's going to help you do it in manageable steps. Well, and not just that, but these fitness influencers are often saying things like, well, if you can drop down to 1500 calories, well, to get to 1500 calories for me was a chore. Right. So they're not even taking your initial calories. Not even. Right. Like, they're not considering what you eat in a day. They're not considering how you're eating in a day. Yeah. They're just telling you this calorie, caloric intake is what you should be at. And yeah. that's not reality. No, it's absolutely not reality. You know, whenever I work with someone, the first thing that I have them do is I have them track for three to seven days because then I can see exactly where they are. Yes. Like I and need the types to of know foods they're eating so that yeah. you can then work around the foods that they like. Yeah. Exactly. Because the reality is that if you want something sustainable, Oh, I need something that's going to be something I enjoy eating. Imagine I came to you and I was like, you have to eat. So I mean, this is part of my eating disorder. This is what I ate. Cabbage with chicken, boiled chicken and mustard. That is right. And that no. Was, yeah. No. And if you're telling me you can only eat chicken and broccoli or you can, and your broccoli needs your chicken. Now the fitness competitors will often eat their chicken, but they'll put cinnamon on it because it's a zero calorie. And I'm like, ew, 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 ew. I want to enjoy my food. No, I want to fuel my body, Yeah, but I don't eat to fuel my body. That's yeah. not my, not my mental status no. when I'm eating, when I'm eating and something goes in my mouth and it tastes wonderful. That's why I'm eating. Yeah. And for that, and that's the important part of working with someone who understands the relationship food. Yes. Right. Because we do have a, an individual relationship to it. Some people can really eat for pleasure. For some people it's fully for performance Yeah, and they have no issue with that. They're yeah. like, yeah, I'll eat chicken and cinnamon. If you told me I'd eat chicken and cinnamon, I'd be like, get away from me. Yeah. Absolutely not. But that's me. Yeah. Right. So working with someone who understands, because everyone is so different in that and making sure that you're eating foods that are going to serve you, they're going to serve your energy levels. They're going to take care of your hormones. You know, men do need to take care of their hormone health as well. It's just a lot different for men. It is like, you know, men's hormones, light switch, women's NASA motherboard. Mm -hmm. It's very, very different. Yeah. And even as we move into perimenopause and menopause, you still need to be taking care of your hormones. Yeah. It, they essentially dictate who you are as a person. A thousand if your hormones are off, you're going to be one bitchy motherfucker. Yes, <laughs> you are very much. And I will vouch for that as well, because I've been the crazy bitch just because I walked in the door yeah. because I didn't eat properly or enough food. Yeah. And I mean, I can talk a little bit more to this too. So one of the other things that I did when I was really in the throes of my disordered eating was uh, I completely tanked my progesterone level. Like to the point that when I did get tested, my doctor was like, I don't know how you're getting out of bed. Like you're at a negative, like you're yep. not. And so for someone who was 30 and should have adequate amounts of estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, all of those things should be just like chugging right along. Yep. I was in the, like non-existent. Yes. And now 
disordered eating can show up in many different ways. Absolutely. It can show up in the ways that I didn't eat enough, not because I was consciously not eating enough because it wasn't about that. It was because of my trauma. Eve showed up in a completely different way where she wanted to make focus. Yeah. She focused too much on it. Bulimia, where you over, no, is is it bulimia where you overeat and then you binge and purge. Um, Those, these are all different ways that we can move through these these things. And yet if we become conscious and aware of what we're doing and why we're doing it, we can then start to choose how to change those things. So having a healthy relationship with food, are you eating when you're hungry? Are you feeling like you're restricting yourself? Are you able to go to family functions and enjoy the food that's there? Or go on a date and not order a salad. I will tell you, I am not the girl who's going to go on a date and eat a salad. Yeah, I'm going to eat a burger. (laughs) I'm going to eat a bowl of pasta. I'm going to eat whatever. The other day I was eating um, chicken chicken strips. Yeah, one of my faves. Right? I would just encourage people that like, if you're showing up in front of meals, whatever they are, if if it's causing anxiety, then it's probably worth looking at. Yeah. You know, if it's causing hyper-focus, it's probably worth looking at. For some people, it's overeating. Yes. Some people are extreme um, emotional eaters. So they'll yes. either eat like crazy when they're stressed or they won't eat at all. I'm the girl who can't eat when I'm stressed. Now, that being said, the reason that we go through these phases as well is a couple of reasons. One, endorphins. Yeah. Foods go into your stomach and there's a gut-brain connection. And that gut-brain connection tells your body how to feel. Second, if you believe in energy meridians, which is acupuncture-based, the energy meridian for stress is the same energy meridian for your stomach. Yeah. And so they run on they run on parallel and they run side by side and on the same spot. And so when I get stressed, I don't want to eat. Not a great idea because then your brain has brain fog and then yeah. you're not feeling very good. And now you're stressed and you're not functioning well. So I will make myself try to eat, but also if I'm having those moments, I also am the type of person who's going to work on the stress. So I know that, okay, if I can't eat right now, that's okay. I'm going to make up for it later. It is what it is, but also I need to be aware. And you just said the thing, if I can't eat right now, that's okay. Yes. There isn't the hyper-focus there. There isn't a, oh my God, this is going to screw everything up. I have to do this. Hey, it's okay. This I'm doing the best I can right now. Yes. That's okay. Yeah. I'm the opposite with stress. If I'm really, if I'm stressed, I eat. If I'm really stressed, I stop eating. I have two sides of it. I'm like kind of stressed out. I'm like, oh, oh, oh." well, and, and it's also that emotion. Yeah. Right. It gives you, if what I've found is people that are addicted to food, drugs, alcohol, smoking, whatever it is, when we're addicted to something like that, more often than not, we're trying to hide a feeling. We're trying to escape something. So if you can notice, oh, look, I want to eat in this moment because of the fact that my feelings are hurt, you need to then dig into what your what feelings are hurt, why they're hurt, what's happening, and then just sit with the feeling. I'm uncomfortable right now. What's the worst that's going to happen when you're sitting there uncomfortable? Well, absolutely nothing. I think it's great that you have the ability to help people with the laser for mm-hmm. that. You know that addiction piece is mm-hmm. so powerful. Yes, so powerful. Yes, and I love that about what I do. But one of the things I tell people is now I've released in- endorphins to make it so that you no longer feel the need for that. But now all these things are going to surface. Yeah. So can we talk about the things when they surface? Can you message me when the thing surfaces so we can talk about what it is? Because when you want a cigarette, 100%, a cigarette, a drink, whatever it is, it is 100% because you're trying to avoid a feeling that is uncomfortable for you. Yeah. And that's the same thing as working with a coach when we're talking about nutrition. You know, whoever you guys work with, make sure you're working with someone if you choose to work with a coach who has the space, the time, and the ability to say like, hey, I noticed that things have been really off for like a week. Are you okay? Yes. Are you okay? Yes. Because maybe you're not. And that's okay. 
it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And it's okay to, to move. We're not, life isn't linear. We don't just yeah. like, oh, I'm doing this now. And that's just what I'm going to yeah. do. Yes. If we do that for the most part, and then things fall off and then we get back up and things fall off and get back, right. It happens, yes. but it's okay to work with someone who understands that up and down and understands how to support you through that without yeah. going, oh, you messed it up. Because yeah. as soon as we feel like we kind failed, we're like, I'm out. I failed. Well, and not just that, but let's talk about failure for just a quick second here, because failure is really just feedback yep. from the universe saying what you're doing isn't working right now. So we need to change this. Yeah. I jump into a lot of things. Feet first. Let's go. Let's do it right now. Yeah. Mary's all feet first. I literally am. I'm like, let's just do this. Especially because if I'm uncomfortable, I just want to get it over with. Yeah. Right. I feel like a lot of us are like this. So for me, when I'm feeling really uncomfortable, I'm like, okay, let's just do it because it's the only way I'm going to find out. We can sit here and analyze things for like hours and hours and hours and then step out. And none of the things that you analyzed came to fruition when you step into it. Yeah. So for me, I do jump in feet first and I jump in feet first because I want to find out what the reality is in front of me. Yeah. And I can't keep making that up in my own head. So okay, I jump in feet fun. first. And then when I fail, I go, okay, so this didn't work. Not failure means I'm a loser and failure means that I'm failing and nothing's ever good enough. Failure means what I just did didn't work. So let's regroup and try and figure out what does work. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you just need to do the same thing again. Maybe you need to pivot. Maybe you need to try different yeah. angles. There's a lot of different ways that we can look at it. So when we're looking at nutrition, it is so one fits one. Oh, yes. So, okay. So that's about it for us today in our call. Um, I want to thank all of you guys for coming and listening to this one. And thank you, Eve, for stepping out of your comfort thank zone. Thank you for us. having me. I really appreciate it. And again, if you guys listen to this, you want to connect with me, Eve Riddler, E-V-E-R-I-D-L-E-R dot coaching at gmail.com. Or the website. Which is life and vine slash wellness. Okay. And it's L-I-F-E-A-N-D-V-I-N-E dot com slash wellness. So yeah, you guys, thank you for joining us. And thank you, Eve. And I appreciate you guys for listening. And wait for our next podcast next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this spirited journey today. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of self-improvement with us. Two sisters who found their own unique paths. Remember, life is a tapestry of experiences and it's how we embrace them that makes all the difference. So whether you're on your yoga mat, exploring mindfulness or simply navigating life's twists and turns, always keep that spirit and sass alive. We are Kalin and Nerdy Lockoff, and we're here to remind you that happiness and abundance are within reach. Stay connected with us on social media and keep those questions and stories coming. We love hearing from you. Until next time, beautiful souls, keep doing the work, keep sharing your experiences, and keep living a life that's authentically you. And never forget to add a little extra sass to your day. Spirit and sass, always. Oh, 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 oh,